Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. to have you with us this morning. Um, My name is Chad. I'm the lead pastor here at Bethel Church. It's great to be worshiping with you. I have a question for you this morning. If you were walking down the street at night and you saw another person walking towards you, would it bother you or concern you? If it, no, it's dark. It's one person walking towards you. Are you nervous? Yes, no, kind of depends. Depends on the size of the person right? Like there's a little bit here. But most of us, most likely, if it's one person walking towards us, we'll be okay. We might be a little bit nervous. But now let's ask the different question. So the same time of night, same street, you're walking down the street, but now there's a group of people walking towards you. They're all kind of together. They're all friends walking towards you. Are you a little bit more nervous? Right? I go the other way. Right? It immediately causes a different sense and feeling. Now, I realize there's a whole different scenario there. Is it a group of, like, junior high girls walking towards you? Is it a group of, you know, 40-year-old, 30-year-old bikers walking towards you? Like, I understand there's a different scenario here. But what I think you understand immediately is there is something about numbers, There's something about groups of people coming together that shifts and changes the way that we think and the way that we see things. If I'm walking down the street and it's one person walking towards me, most likely I'm totally fine, especially if I'm walking my dog. She's pretty intimidating. She's a miniature schnauzer for those that don't know. Um, I make sure normally when I walk her, Melissa's with me and it's kind of her dog. I feel like I should be walking like a pit bull or something, but I know. Um, but we realize that the moment people gather together, it's different in our eyes. What you have to understand is when people gather together, there's something that happens in the physical, but there's also something that happens in the spiritual. What you have to realize is when we gather together as a church, There's something that shifts in the atmosphere. There's something that shifts in a spiritual dynamic. And so you have to realize, is coming here to worship together is a good thing. But what I want to talk to you this morning about is actually praying for others and with others. I want to talk to you about how impactful and how powerful it is when we pray together. See, in Acts 4, verse 23 to 24, it says this. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. And then they go on to explain to God the same report, what they have said, the leaders, and how they 
remind God, hey, this is supposed to happen. This has to happen. And then we're going to jump down. And it doesn't, as they are telling God, realize this doesn't catch him off guard. Do you know that every scenario in your life that you walk through doesn't catch God off guard? He walks with you right through it. It might throw you and I, but it doesn't throw him. And then we jump down to verse 29 of Acts 4. And it says this, they're still praying and they say, and now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And 31 says this, after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they preached the word of God with boldness. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you how it's here for us to be, to learn, to teach us, to encourage us, to correct us, to challenge us. And so Lord, this morning, as we turn our attention to your word, I pray that you hide me behind the cross and let my words be your words. Speak through me today. Lord, I pray that every one of us in this room, including myself, have open ears and open hearts to hear from you. That Lord, we leave this place encouraged yet challenged and stretched that father god we walk out of here different than we came in transformed to look more like your son jesus christ and so lord speak to us in jesus name amen they actually prayed together for great boldness they prayed for boldness when was the last time that you prayed for boldness see i think a lot of us are okay praying for our cheeseburgers and fries and we're asking God to miraculously bless it to our bodies with zero calories. Those are the miracles we pray for. But when was the last time you actually prayed for boldness? And not in boldness of like, Lord, give me boldness so I can stand up for my rights and argue people. No, Lord, give me boldness. So I can humble myself and love my neighbor and share your word with him. See, what you have to realize is they were filled with the Holy Spirit, then they preached the word of God with boldness. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit showed up and baptized people in the Holy Spirit, yes, they spoke in tongues, but that's not why he came. He didn't come to give us tongues so that we could be Pentecostals and say, oh, listen to me, listen to me speak in tongues. He came to empower us and equip us to go and share the gospel. I've said it before, and this is just my conviction. If you speak in tongues, but you don't share the gospel, you're wasting the gift that was actually put in you. It wasn't meant to be a badge. That we reach this level of relationship with Jesus. No, it was an equipping. It's an evidence that you should be sharing the gospel. The place shook and they were baptized. See, they prayed for boldness, but if you read what they prayed, they actually prayed for great boldness. Great boldness. Can you imagine what the Stratford area would look like? Can you imagine what St. Mary's would look like if all of us prayed for great boldness to share his gospel? Do you know that when they were filled with the Spirit and they had great boldness to share, 
Thousands were added to their numbers daily. Thousands. I don't know if this is sinking into you. I don't know if you were woke up late and didn't have coffee this morning or that you just are not capturing the fact that if you share the gospel of Jesus Christ with boldness, thousands of people could come to know Jesus Christ still today. See, we pray for revival. We pray for revival to happen. We pray that the spirit of God will impact our community. But you have to understand the way that he is going to impact our community is through you. That's how he's going to impact the community. That was God's plan. That was Jesus's plan to work through the church to reach the lost. So you and I can pray as much as we want to. And we're talking about prayer this morning. We can talk and pray as much as we want to. But unless you're willing to actually share the gospel with somebody else, your prayer probably won't be answered for their salvation. They prayed for boldness and the place shook. There is something about God's people praying together that God moves differently. See, in Matthew 18, 20, it says this, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Now we have to realize, we serve an omnipresent God. So what does that mean? Omnipresent means that God is everywhere all the time. Right? This is what we believe. We believe God is everywhere all the time. No matter where we go, God is there. So if this is true, which I believe is true, then why does Jesus tell us when two or three gather in my name, I am there in the midst of them? Isn't that one of those moments where we should respond and go, well, thank you, Captain Obvious? Or is Jesus telling us that when we gather together, when you meet together, when there's two or three of you that meet together, not just for chicken wings, not just to do a craft, not just to join hands and walk down the street, but when you join together intentionally to pray, intentionally to worship, intentionally to talk about him and to grow in him, that he shows up differently. That's why when we worship together here on a Sunday morning and all of a sudden you're like, man, the presence of God was thick. Well, that's because he promises us that if you and I gather intentionally in his name, Hey, I want to get together. I want to hang out so we can pray. His presence is going to be different. Well, why is his presence going to be different? Because your heart is different. Your heart is putting time aside to say, I'm going to spend time with Jesus and I'm going to spend time with Jesus with other people. See, God doesn't change. We change.
When we intentionally come together, when we intentionally come together to worship, when we intentionally come together on Sundays, when we gather intentionally, his presence is different. And this is why you and I need to pray together. There is power when we pray together. There's power in numbers. This is why on a Sunday morning when we open up the front for you to receive prayer, that I encourage you to come and receive prayer. It's not so I can stand at the back door and go, oh, look how many people went to the front. It's because when you have other people pray for you intentionally, when you go to seek somebody else intentionally to pray, there's a difference. Well, Chad, don't we believe that we can meet God at home the same way here? Yes, I believe you can meet God, but there's a difference in numbers. That's why the early church gathered together daily. Well, Chad, I just want to see a move of God like I read about in the scriptures. Then we need to live like they lived in the scriptures. This is the difference. This is the reality. See, here's what scripture tells us in Galatians 6, verse 2 and 3. Share each other's burdens. Chad, I have a hard enough time carrying my own. You want me to carry somebody else's? Yeah. Because here's the thing. When you carry theirs, they carry yours. What's the biggest thing that goes through your mind when you're in a really hard time? I'm all alone. Nobody else is going through this. Who could I tell? This is why we do life together. This is why it's so important to be connected in a small group, be connected in a small group on a weekly basis because that's your life source. Those are the people that you do life with. Those are the people that will lift you up in the times where you need to be lifted up. In the church, for some reason, it's one of the places where we have a hard time being real. What will people think of my faith if I tell them I'm struggling? I will tell you I think you're normal. But why do we struggle alone? We struggle alone because we're worried of what other people are going to think. But here's the thing. Pick your struggle whatever it is that you struggle with, whatever it is that's going on in your life right now that you're like, I can't tell anybody. Here's the way life works. We don't have people help us. We don't have people pray with us. It will not change. It most likely will take over. And then you're gonna need help because it's going to become public sooner or later. And then my question normally is, is this. Why did you wait so long? Well, I didn't know what people would think. What will people think three years from now? And I know you're like, well, Chad, we shouldn't judge in church. Right. Then don't be shy to tell people. Now, do I think you should tell everybody? No, that's not what I'm saying. 
I'm saying just as scripture says, two or three gather together. So I need two others or three others than myself that I can do life with, that I can be transparent with, that I can share with, so they will lift me up in prayer. Well, Chad, how do you find out who those people are? I tell them level one secrets. Well, what do you mean by level one? Something that if other people find out, I'm not too worried about. Well, then what do you do if, they, if other people find out? I know not to tell that person level two secrets. <laughs> Course of elimination. This is how I go deep in a relationship with somebody. If I can trust you with level one, I will trust you with level two. If I can trust you with two, I'll take it to three. If I can trust you with three, I'll take it to four. I don't know how far you want to go in this numbers. I'm going to stop at four. And here's the way, in a humorous way, that I do this relationship. It's a two-way street. Or if there's four of you, it's a four-way street. So as I share something with you, you share something with me. You better not tell people about me because I know something about you. <laughs> right? Now, if somebody says something about you, that's not me saying, oh, Chad gave me permission to tell people about you. That's not what I'm saying. But you understand that the more you open up to somebody who's close with you in a group, you pray together. You strengthen one another. This is how we grow. When we pray together, there's such a strengthening. You want to find people who are stronger than you. In my mid-20s, I went to the gym a lot, and I started working out one summer with a guy named Tiny. You know enough that when you meet a guy named Tiny or hear a nickname Tiny, you immediately go, I think he's not Tiny. <laughs> so Tiny is 6'3". At that time, he was 287 pounds. He had arms that were 21-inch round, and he could bench 500 Tiny wasn't tiny. And at that point, just, let it, just to clarify, he was 19 years old. He's a big boy. I never in my life have gained more muscle than I did working out with him. Because one of the first few weeks we were lifting together, he's like, Chad, bench 225. You can't bench 225. Yeah, you can so I get under the bar. I bench 225 once. He's like, do it again. I'm like, this isn't going to happen. So I bring it down. I can't lift it back up. So what does Tiny do standing over top of me in a gym full of people? He does this. He curls it off of me. To which I looked up at him and called him a jerk. I apologize if that's offensive to you. But in that moment, it's all I could think of. But here's what I learned. I can try to lift anything. And Tiny has my back. It doesn't matter what I leave on my chest. He will just lift it off. These are the people you want around you in a spiritual realm. You want brothers around you. 
Ladies, you want sisters around you that when you're in a moment where you can't lift it, they're standing there able to lift it for you. We need to do life together. It will strengthen you. It will protect you. We need to ask real questions. We need to ask each other real questions. Well, what do I mean by that? Sure, talk about hockey, talk about baseball, talk about whatever your hobbies are. But somewhere in your conversation, each conversation, not once in a while, each conversation, you should be asking each other's real questions. Hey, how's your relationship with Jesus? Are you spending time with him? Here's something I've promised myself as I've come through COVID. I've promised myself that in most conversations, I'm trying to get it into every conversation. I'm letting you know how I'm working through this. I'm trying to get to every conversation I have with a guy. Asking them how their marriage is going. Because nobody asks each other. And then if we're honest, by the time we open up about it, it's so far down the road, it's hard to come back. But what if you and your friends promised each other every time you went for coffee, every time you went fishing, every time you went hunting, every time you did whatever, ladies, every time you went for a walk, every time you got together for whatever you do, you're going to ask each other the question, how's your relationship with Jesus? How's your relationship with your spouse? How's your relationship with your kids? Well, Chad, these are personal questions. Yes, they are. They are. I've just had too many friends down the road that all of a sudden open up and I'm like, how long? A couple years. Why? Why wait? I didn't know what you'd think. I will not think anything negative. There's two things we need to do as a church. Lots of more, but I'll just talk about two. One is this. We need to stop judging each other. Because here's the thing. Your judgment against others is what's stopping you from opening up. Because you think others are going to judge you the same way you judge others. I know that one's a little hard. But if we're honest, I'm nervous to open up to somebody because I've judged somebody and I'm worried that you're going to do the same thing to me. When we open up the altars for prayer, you might hesitate to come to the front because you're like, well, what will people think when I go to the front? Because actually this is what I thought about so-and-so when they went to the front. Darn it, that's what's stopping me. We need to stop judging each other so that we can be honest with each other. Because there's power when we pray together. We need to ask real questions. We need to support each other. We need to pray for one another. Don't ever again say to somebody, I'll pray for you. Take a moment and pray for them right there. Guys, it's 30 seconds. I don't know if you've noticed, but every drive-through in town, 
is short-staffed, so it's long. But we still have no problem sitting in it. Take 30 seconds to pray with the person that just shared a need with you. We need to listen for God's voice to have an encouraging word for each other. We've gone through listening for God, listening to him speak to us. Take time. When you pull into this parking lot on a Sunday morning, hear my heart. I understand it can be crazy to get here. I have not slept in in a long time. This morning, I woke up 45 minutes late. I have no idea what happened. So I understand rushing here. But when you get here on a Sunday morning, what if just walking from your car in or taking a second in your car just to ask God this, God, do you have something encouraging you want to share with somebody? And just wait for the little voice. And then when you come through the door, look for the face that kind of lights up for you. What do you mean by lights up? Stands out. And you will have an encouraging word for them. See, when we do our prayer summits on Sunday nights at the beginning of the month, we have one coming up in November, we pray through a whole pile of stuff, and then we take time to listen for God's voice, to encourage somebody in our group. And then we allow people to share a prayer request, and then we pray for them. It's great to encourage each other. It's great to believe in each other. It's great to hold each other accountable. There's a region in Africa, and the first converts to Christianity when they were there were very diligent about praying. In fact, the believers each had their own special place outside the village where they would go and pray in solitude by themselves. I know I'm talking about praying together, but listen to the accountability in this. They had their spots where they would go and pray individually. And the villagers reached to, when they reached their prayer rooms by using their own private path. They'd have their own path to walk to their own solitude to pray. When the grass began to grow over on these trails, understand, you walk on a path long enough, what happens? It kills the grass. When other people began to see the grass growing on somebody else's path, they would go to them, and you want to know what they would say? They wouldn't say to them, hey, you're not praying. Hey, I see that you haven't been to church. They would simply walk up and say to one another, there's grass on your path. How many of us need somebody in our lives? that we can share with, that we can open up to, that has the permission to say to you, hey, there's just a little bit of grass on your path. Who have you let in? See, this is how we pray for others and we pray together. We lift each other up. We encourage one another. We hold each other accountable in a loving way. You find coaches for your life, not critics. Shared this before. Critic just wants to criticize you, tear you down. That's not who I listen to. But a good coach will correct you, even criticize you. But a coach is there to build you up. They want the best for you. They see the best in you. They want to pull it out of you. They will correct you. 
Miles plays baseball. I'm one of the coaches on his team, and we go in our backyard to play catch sometimes. I will straight up ask him, hey, are we just playing catch, or do you want to be coached? And he will say a lot of times, you know what? Let's just play catch. And then sometimes halfway through it, he'll say, okay, coach for a little bit. And then I think he gets tired of it because it's just one-on-one, so I just constantly. (laughs) And then he goes, okay, let's just catch again. But who do you have in your life that can coach you? Who do you have in your life that will speak into you? See, here's the thing. Nehemiah, he went back to Jerusalem to build the wall. It was a big job. They had to restore the wall. They had to restore the, the gate because it was burnt down. When Nehemiah told everybody his plan, his, their response was this in Nehemiah 2.18. Let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. You can finish this statement for me. Many hands make. Many hands make. We know this. Do you know in your prayer life, many hands, many prayers make it a little bit lighter for you to carry? This happens both physically and spiritually. I had a friend ask me a few weeks ago if I would help lay sod at their house. There were seven skids of sod. It was their front yard. It was their backyard. It was their side yard. It was everything. There was about eight or ten of us that showed up. We finished the whole job in three hours. What if some of the stuff that you're facing spiritually, you began to share with some people? Some of the stuff you're dealing with in relationships, some of the stuff you're dealing with at work, what have you opened up? And now there is more hands, more voices, more spirits carrying the prayers for you. We're supposed to share each other's burdens, both physically and spiritually. Ecclesiastes 4, 12, it says this. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. If you've been going through a hard time and you've asked for prayer, I don't know how many people report back to me, Chad, we're feeling people's prayers. It's encouraging us. It's strengthening us. When I go through difficult times and I have people praying for me, it strengthens me. And then there's moments where it's more than a text message. I get together and we gather together, we pray together. They're strengthening the numbers. Here's what you have to realize. As I said to you, same, still, same illustration, same time of night, same street, same everything, but a group of people walking towards you, it immediately made you go, yeah, it's different. When you gather together intentionally with friends to pray about a situation, the enemy sees a difference and it's intimidating. When he sees you gather together, he knows there's a difference. That's why, what are his lies to you? Let's be honest, what are his lies? Here's his lies that loop everybody in so many times. Don't worry about it. Everybody's doing this. Right? When you're tempted, don't worry about it. This is what everybody does. And the moment you give in to temptation and you sin, what's the next thing he says to you? Don't tell anybody. Nobody else is doing this. Those are his two lies. Everybody's doing it. The moment you do it, nobody's doing this. So when he sees you gather together, he knows that the truth is going to set you free because it's going to come to light. We gather together, we strengthen 
one another. Matthew 18, 20 says this, for where two or three gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. I challenge you this morning that you need to find your two or three. You need to have your two or three, not just to text and ask them to pray, but to gather together, to reach together, to meet together. Because the early church, this is what it says in Acts 1.14, they all joined together constantly in prayer. Constantly. Not once a week. Not once a week. It doesn't even say daily. Like daily lets me know I can do it once in a while. Constantly. Steve, you and I are constantly meeting together to pray. Guys, you're constantly praying for one another. You want to see God move in your life? You want to see God move in our community? You want to see God move in your family? You want to see God move in your workplace? Just like it did in the early church? That's your answer right there. They joined together constantly in prayer. So I'm going to stretch you this morning. Just as I go to close in prayer, I'm not going to open the front. Here's what I want you to do. If you're visiting with us this morning, this is your first time here, you don't have to do this. You can think I'm nuts and just be totally okay with it. I give you permission not to participate. But if you call Bethel home or you are a Christian, I want to stretch you this morning. Here's what I'd like to do to close the service. I would like you to gather in two or threes. If you came as a family, you can pray together as a family. If you're like, actually, you know what? I got a couple friends here that we have this relationship with. And you know what? There's something that I have felt like I can't share and I need to share. Then you find them. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to get into groups of two or three. You can get into four if you want. And the only reason I say this is because sometimes when I hear two or three, I actually add that to who I am. So I'm the fourth one in the group. And then here's what I want you to do. I want each of you to take 30 seconds. Yes, I'm putting the time limit on it. Share a prayer request. You can actually share a prayer request in 10 seconds. And then whoever is sitting to your, eh, we'll go left. Whoever's sitting to your left will pray for you. And then that person can share and the next person can pray. Why am I giving these details? So you don't have to figure it out. It's that easy. And this is what we do at the prayer summit. It's as simple as you share, somebody prays, they share, somebody prays. It saves time and you don't have to try to remember what you're praying for because they just told you. Okay? So go ahead, move around the room, gather into groups of two or three. Or four, sorry. If you're watching online, you can do this at your own house. If you have family there with you, just gather together and pray together. I realize some of you might still be praying, but I just want to take a moment. I'm going to close the service. I hope you realize how easy that was. I hope it was fairly easy. I hope some of you maybe even prayed with some people that you went, you know what, this actually felt a little natural. Maybe this is my three or four right here. And so my prayer is that as we move forward as a church, that we are strengthening one another on a regular basis. That these are the people that we lift up together, we pray together, we text one another, we meet together, and we begin to ask each other real questions. We begin to do life together intentionally. And so let's just stand together, and I'm just going to pray over you as we go. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you, Lord, that 
when two or three of us gather together, you're there in just a tangible way. Your manifestation presence is with us. And so, Lord, as we leave this place, this exercise that we've done this morning, understanding the power of praying together, Lord, the power of encouraging one another, lifting each other up. Lord, when you sent out the disciples, you sent them in twos. You knew there was power in numbers. There's a strengthening, there's a protection, there's an accountability. And so, Father, I pray that as a church, we begin to understand that. We begin to do life together. That, Lord, we find our two or three, that we connect to a small group, that, Lord, we are not lone rangers, but, Father, we are together with others doing life together. And so, Father, I pray for boldness. I pray, Lord, that you give every one of us strength, that we can be a light for you, that we can share the gospel for you, and that, Lord, as we pray together, we're able to impact our neighbors and share your love. And so, Lord, give us that strength today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.